Welcome everyone back to NRE Wrestleverse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown of NRE Wrestleverse, the Wrestleverse, us, uh, Neo Reality Collective, and host and creator of Neo Reality Entertainment. And, oh god, the, some of the worst kept secrets in wrestling have finally been unveiled. WVD, following months of rumors, finally decided to announce that they're at their big upfront event. The announcement of AEW Collision set to debate on June 17th, but notice that there is no confirmed venue for that show yet, even though they've confirmed other venues for the rest of the show. I even got the P press release PDF file from the AEW press since I am on the list. <laughs> so that was cool. AEW Collision. TNT launches a second night of wrestling with AEW Collision. Featuring headliners such as Thunder Rosa, Miro, Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Andrade El Idolo on Saturday, June 17th. In only four years following the launch of AEW Dynamite, AEW's footprint has been more than doubled across TNT and TBS, along with Dynamite, Friday Night's Rampage, and the recent Follow, follow Doc. All Access and now Collision, TNT and TBS delivers the best matches and most entertaining moments in professional wrestling today. AEW has reached a total of 23 million viewers so far this year across all the shows on TBS and TNT. And I would like to say that we should also account streaming platforms, but you know we gotta ignore all that logic. We're doubling down on wrestling on AEW Collision, which gives fans more than two hours every week since that Jason Solaris, uh, president of Turner Networks ID and HLN, Leaner, Linear and Streaming Networks. AEW's roster talent has expanded so quickly that we felt we need, it needed to add another night to bring our audience to epic rivalries, unforgettable matches, and stars they love to watch. Adding collision to our programming mix on TNT will allow us to satisfy the massive demand we felt from our hardcore fan base and be the ultimate compliment to AEW Diamond on TBS. With the addition of Collision on TNT, I'm extremely proud that our turn network will be the home of Saturday Night Wrestling for the first time in more than two decades. I like I would say Saturday Night Main Event from WWE counts, but at the same time I think they're talking about consistently. The debate of Collision is significant across numerous sectors including television, wrestling, entertainment, sports, and reinforces AEW as a bold property as we envisioned and when we launched in 2019. Collision will deliver every Live every Saturday night more than what fans and viewers tell us they want, athleticism, big personalities, exciting storylines, and hard-hitting wrestling action, all which have become synonymous with AEW, the head of AEW, Tony Khan, said. So, yeah, I, I am... I am hyped for this. And Andrade El Idolo, uh, being back was a surprise considering the drama that happened where he was allegedly trying to get fired. And yeah, I, I, I'm glad to see everyone's back. Uh, we still don't know the details of the big roster split that keeps getting rumored around. In fact, it keeps changing constantly to the point that it feels like uh, Elon Musk and Twitter, how he handles things. Like one minute, one minute Dave Meltzer would just go ahead and say, say it will be a hard brand split, distinctive roster, distinctive storylines and content creators. There's will be part of the new brand split. Oh, no, wait. Uh, it will be a soft plan spray where everyone will be able to shift around between programs. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, it's uh, we don't know what we're doing here. Uh, so yeah, they, yeah, and I'll get to the journalistic side of everything going on recently at the very end. They even announced locations, location, location. They announced that the second episode will take that the first episode will be announced on Wednesday, this coming dynamite. Uh, this, 
the June 24th episode will take place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In fact, they're taking a lot of the Canadian shows in that week. In fact, the first time they're going to have a show in the States, besides probably June 17th, is the July 22nd edition of Collision at Newark, New Jersey. And I like how Powerhouse Hobbs is now up there with Samoa Joe, El, El Idolo, Miro, and Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa is still dealing with back issues. So uh, I get the feeling. Okay, this, this is what I thought. I thought Thunder Rosa, when she came back, either some big thing happened that she was cleared or she was going to be used as a fish on, a, on an authority figure thing because, you know, Tony Khan does show up from time to time on dynamite so he's probably thinking okay we gotta delegate a little bit of authority figures for uh collision and the logo even came out and i was like two things one awesome and two i'm surprised WWE let this go through considering how much they took from wcw monday nitro uh, early graphics for Collision will be influenced by WCW Monday Nitro. According to Fightful Select, the series from World Championship Wrestling, which aired from TNT from 95 to 2001 when WCW was bought by WWE. And... The nature of the brand spur is currently unclear. Last we heard, but yeah, there's still a huge debate going on what's going on over that, and I'm pretty sure Dave Meltzer isn't helping stuff. Uh... Yeah, so yeah, it was keeping up to how the Blair split has been changing up and up and down, left and right, and whatnot. Uh, the roster, um, it was uh, Dave Meltzer also said that, um, that the roster split is not affect, expected to affect the women's division as it felt there were not enough debt to keep the women on different shows. Okay, I can actually agree with that because they haven't pushed it. The only titles. And here's the thing about the brand split. If they go forward with a hard brand split, I'm hoping that the champions at the very least can like go to, you know, operate on different, can float around between both shows, you know, keep things consistent. I, I feel like the only title that would quote be exclusive to TBS and TNT are the TBS women's title and the TNT title. That's the only, because let's be real, it's still frustrating to see a TBS tile being defended on TNT and the TNT tile being defended on TBS, even though they're right freaking there. And plus, Rampage needs a lot, needs some more exclusive use to make it, and better timing to go ahead and uh, work out. But uh, yeah, I, I have been excited to hear this stuff going on, and I'm hoping things work out. We'll see, hear, hear more about it, but. Um, yeah, one of the things that also came out that uh, rumors have suggested that the AWTV deal um, will be worth $1 billion, but estimates don't appear to have been that high enough. According to Wade Keller at PW Torch, AW's new deal is expected to be approximately $240 million per year over five years, bringing a total sum of $1.2 billion. On average, the deal will bring $4.6 million a week for AEW. And along with Collision, Keller noted that the expectation is a content agreement between AEW and the Max Stream platform where it will be announced. Speculation has suggested that AEW All In could air on Max in the United States to avoid the promotion running two pay per views in seven days. Yeah, I'm hoping they make that announcement soon because damn it, I want to see All In on the Max service or whatever it's going to be the hell called. 
Meanwhile, insider account Better Wrestling Experience wrote on Twitter that they plan to fill the huge void that Roman will leave soon with other huge names because Roman Reigns is expected to work even fewer dates this year than he did previously. It's looking more and more like you should have let Cody finish the story, goddammit. But, uh, can't fix this now, it's too late. We're, we're passing the thousand day sale. We're passing the thousand day reign, so I hope you live with that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so annoyed with that. Like, you had an opportunity to finish the story, now you just want to keep it stre stretched out even further artificially now. I'm annoyed with it. I'm like, I've heard the argument why it's a good thing Roman's not defending every pay-per-view, but at the same time, it's like, here's the thing. I don't like it because, of, because here's the thing. When it comes to back then when Hogan was champion or Bruno San Martino and Billy Graham and all those people who held the towel for thousands of days, or in Bruno San Martino's case for, for nearly a decade, uh... Well, actually, and, and, uh, but here's the thing. The system was very different compared to wrestling now. People want a more consistent product. Like, we're not saying oversaturate Roman. I think people wanted, like, this is the problem I had with Brock Lesnar when he was champion. At first, it started out well, then it deteriorated because he was gone for way more than, than, than one pay per view. Like, if he wanted to take a one month pay per view break, fine. But then it starts stretching out like, oh, well, Brock Lesnar's set for Night of Champions. Okay, now he's going to be gone for two to three months. Now he's coming back for Royal Rumble, and he'll be gone for another two months. Until WrestleMania, and then he'll be gone for another three months. And the, uh, it's reason why I still hate the fact Brock, Brock Lesnar had the Universal Tower rank for 500 days, because I hated it, like, so much. Oh, because clearly they were saving it for Roman and keeping it warm for Roman but uh yeah we know how that worked out but it, it just got so much stretched out that there was not enough content for people to just just to feel like they could justify the amount of times like the triple third match with Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, John Cena and Rock Lesnar like Everyone before that was already like already sick of Brock Lesnar being champion for so long and not defending it for so long. But the moment he does this match, everyone's like, "Oh, let's have Brock Lesnar hold the title even longer." And I'm like that guy that's like, he just sat at the floor for like half of the match and then came back at the last minute. It does no one see the problem here, which is why he went with the term "lazy Lesnar" and whatnot. Uh for a while because I'm not saying he doesn't do enough work in the wrestling ring I just feel like when the storyline requires him to be out of the ring for more than half the match or a good chunk of the match and let everyone else do the work it just annoyed me because it's like can we just get that I kind of miss old Brock Lesnar from the olden days where he would do more matches and do more crazy stunts like, I know he's older from that from those days, but, like, I, I feel like he could still work on a consistent schedule, but that was that's just my opinion on the whole thing. It just really annoyed me when part-timers were really st 
having a chokehold monopoly on the on the on the world titles, and now we're back at this again. But back to things, uh, Tony Khan had to. Tony Khan on the Maggie and Perloff off show. Um, Tony Khan decided to reveal, yes, I was interested in purchasing WWE before he gave his thought about how he was interested in that. I mean, like I was like, it was, it sounded cool. Then you think about it for more than 10 seconds and realize, oh, that's a stupid idea. They have another Monopoly form around. Like I get why Tony Khan would have been interested, but at the same time, no, uh, no one else wanted that. But uh, Tony Khan did come out and say that WWE sale to Endeavor and the upcoming merger with the UFC is going to be a huge positive for professional wrestling, saying this. I can't speak to that except to say that I was interested. It will be also very interesting to see what happens with that sale. Certainly, in many ways, it's a big positive for pro wrestling business, and I think a huge attendance numbers in TV and streaming numbers for pro wrestling and the great sales for AEW on pay-per-view and all the big merchandising numbers show that professional wrestling is really back as an industry in many major ways in 2023 and AEW is a big part of that conversation. That's all been really positive for us. Wait, but I was told AEW was out to destroy the WWE and that they will burn them to the ground and, and record profits are coming and oh wait, but streaming's mentioned but the Nelson race doesn't reflect that, that doesn't count even though every other corporation tends to use it nowadays. But that doesn't count. I, I, see, tribalism sucks. We'll get to that. But, um... Yeah. Uh, also, AW has a little bit of a trouble on them. Apparently, they're being accused of creating AI-generated t-shirts. AW Games revealed three video game-related t-shirts on April 26 on Twitter, and the truth was immediately lampooned with replies, with Silva pointing out the designs look like they've been made by an AI art generator. Pays Magazine spoke to a wrestling merch designers and artists who criticized the company's decision to allegedly use AI for producing that their merch. Upon being approached by the, the, the designers, AEW said, we will not be providing comment at this time. Uh, wrestling artist Lindsay Ray st stated some of the giveaways they spot on the Kenny Omega shirt suggested it had been produced by an AR art generator, saying this. The first thing I think to look for with a potential AI portrait is its likeness of the subject. I don't think this looks like Kenny Omega for stars. The shape of his nose, the shape of his lips is all very generic and undefined. An artist will know how to capture the contour of someone's facial features. That's what makes a face uniquely theirs. The biggest giveaway is the left eye, the bottom eyelid split in several web plate pieces, is this frustrations? Um, are there computer cards? Is it ambiguous enough that any detractors can say it's objective, but it's no, it has no logic? Just like where the game controller engraved with the nonsense, look at the random buttons and type meets with his head. Also, look how wonky the people and irises are. Look at the top eyelid, it's just a dark red line that breaks up and extends over the nose. Clothing is another big giveaway for these. Look at how little sense that jacket collar makes. There's a spiral on the left lower right hand side, but what looks like a portable hard drive. Had this been made by a human, there would be at least a monochrome of logic behind this. What is that part growing out of the top of his head? The haired wires. Look how it melts together on the left. The direction makes no sense. It follows no logic. Are bad enough? Oh, but then there's the pizza, presumably some fake imitation of cyberpunk headgear. Presumably some poor intern had to Photoshop AEW Games text and has, and has an AI still in queue of making text and images for now. 
those eyes will be blue moon amica walls are criticized um angie an artist who helped create the designs for njf hoped aw would listen to the criticism merchants and me are showcasing your community of what you love ARR is the antithesis of that i hope aw listens to the criticism and continues to invest in artists that are inspired by their product i still say we should hire cubby wrestling wallpaper but that's just me um look i haven't seen the shirts for myself it is kind of fucked up aw could according to these artists could more than likely be using ai generated things like for me ai operates like this ai can be it should it does have a place mostly from my perspective as memes and shit posts or if you are or if you wanted to make a parody video of somebody and and give a disclaimer that this is ai like like uh, devil armaments is Yu-Gi-Oh duel against cell perfect cell thing but but like doing it like that i i don't agree with doing it like that that's just high ray robbery i feel like it just makes it cheaper lazier i honestly expected WWE to do this honestly at this point surprisingly they haven't but uh i'll give them credit for that but uh we'll we'll wait in a little bit meanwhile um so that whole internal chart revealing about faces and heels who were the top faces and heels of raw and smackdown we now have also got a report from pw insider elite that has shed some light on what the main roster's men tag team division looks like with the following standings reportedly being used by wwe on smackdown the list of face teams is the brawling brutes the lwo latino world order together we can do this street profits in the oc Smackdown's heel tag teams are The Usos, Pretty Deadly, and Hit Row. So, four against three. Yeah, that sounds stupid, doesn't it? Though this is The Usos, and they are portrayed as the most powerful force of tag team until they got their asses kicked by Roman. As for the Raw side, the top faces of Smack of WWE Raw's tag team is KO and Sami Zayn, as expected. The New Day! New Day! Braun Strowman Ricochet still the most weirdest tag team i've seen this year out and alpha academy raw's men heel tag teams are the judgment day imperium the viking raiders maximum male models those uh angel garza as he once was called and herberto oh and indira sheer uh i do not know half of those tag teams i didn't even know angel and herberto were still tag team uh so that's saying something also, uh, Sayo Vega, who had made a shocking return to wrestling thing with uh, joining the LWO with Carlito and saving Bad Bunny from a Judgment Day beatdown during the event. The success was so many that fans are hoping we will produce televised content for the, for, the for the territory on a more regular basis. But Vega himself really has spoken about WWE by making it happen, saying this. Well, I talked to Triple H, but with the UFC merger, it's hard right now. He told me that we are going to talk again anytime soon. We don't know. Of course, sometime next year. He also reveals hopes that he hopes to form a working relationship specifically between WWE and, a and IWA, an indie promotion that in Puerto Rico, a move that would not be beyond the realm's possibility to do working arrangement that he has held with the likes of Progress, ICW, Evolve, and WXW. Um... You mentioned Evolve. How's Evolve these days? 
How's the UK scene? D does everyone just forget? Does all the promoters just forget and move on from the whole WWE has a scorched earth mentality when it comes to worker partnerships? One of the reasons why people were worried when MLW was given an offer by WWE, hey, you want to partner up? We're definitely not going to screw you over or anything. Like, that's how this works for WWE. When they make deals like this, the UK scene got completely decimated. Then speaking out killed it for the for a good chunk of time. Uh, they're slowly making their way back, but uh, the damage was really inflicted, especially when they closed down NXT UK, which was like the central hub where WWE loved it at. Then they were trying to make NXT Europe, and nothing's come out from that stuff. So the global localization plan might have failed, even when they're trying to make NXT South America or NXT Mexico. So, yeah. Uh... I'm just, I, I just trying to wonder what goes through people's heads when they feel like, hey, we should partner up with WWE. They're definitely not going to screw us, potentially. Yeah, they probably will. So, moving on from my ranting on that, Rhea Ripley has come out on the Pete Rosenberg on Cheap Heat podcast, and that she wants to see the group continue for as long as possible as a long-term faction in, a, in WWE. My God. Saying this, yeah, I really wanted to go as far as as long as it could go. I'm loving every single minute of work when the boys are there. I think that we could really drag it out and have it go for a long time. At the end of the day, yes, we have the most random group of people. We have an Irishman, a Puerto Rican, a Mexican, and an Australian. And Frankie, swip on the Bobby. But we click so well, it feels so strange when I'm at work, and I know that the boys aren't there. Like when I was going to SmackDown for a little bit and they weren't there, they were at the UK tour and I was like, I don't know how to act right now. I miss my family, I miss my boys. I miss my Dom as well, who I also have a submissive relationship with. And I'm probably making Buddy Matthews jealous for that. You're cool with that, buddy, right? I got kicked out of the arena when they spotted me on camera. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah that's kind of fucked up. Anyways, uh, that was a joke. So I really want to see progress and grow and if we get new members, we get new members. But I want to see the Judgment Day become this massive faction in WWE that is so unstoppable and I think we can accomplish that. At the end of the day, I want to see my boys for championships while I hold mine. I'm still on the opinion that had WrestleMania went very differently, I would my biggest criticism of WrestleMania this year would have been you should have had all the Judgment Day matches on night one and have all the Bloodline matches on night two to showcase Judgment Rises, Bloodline Falls kind of thing. Like Judgment Day becoming the next big faction in WWE as the Bloodline declines and destroys itself. But no, we're not getting that, and now we're in this limbo state. I'm like, they're teasing a new member for the for the Judgment Day, a fifth member, but we'll see. Meanwhile, WWE's planning to run an international pay-per-view on September 2nd. The location and the name of the event has not been revealed. Recent reports have indicated WWE is serious about holding another major show in Australia. And company officials recently traveled to recently traveled there for talks any event that the city could, could be cooperative with the local tourism board akin to backlash in puerto rico and clash of the castle and rails because have, renting out an arena is just so expensive for wwe of all fucking places meanwhile Kamala hayes being the new nxt champion has decided to go on after the bell and reveal his campaign promises as part of his demands 
I, Kamarlo Hayes, I demand that I vow to be your NXT champion, and if I win, I will bring back the black and gold style matches. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. So this is what uh, he said on After the Bell, really. One of the things I noticed, there's so many studs still left on the roster, so many good guys that, you know, can have that black and gold era type style that people always say that they miss and they want back. So I look forward to having those types of matches with those guys. There's so many. You got Dijakovic, Dragon Lee, Dragunov, Tyler Bate, Wesley still. You know, I, I know I'm forgetting names, but there's so many good guys on that roster. I'm like, there are other names, but they got fired. God damn it, how do you fire screw up Keith Lee so badly? I just want to have some great matches with all of them during this reign and see who's willing and who can dethrone me at this point. Uh, but yeah, I just want to bring back good solid wrestling to the NXT show. Not that there's not that, but there's a lot of people learning how to get their feet wet and then there's guys who are willing to go out and kill it. And I think I'm one of those guys that want to go out and kill it. Yes. So, um, here's my opinion. How about, um, just be a mix of both like the younger greener talent can do the NXT rainbow style vomit gimmick yeah I still don't like the coloring uh, uh, <laughs> and we get the main events to be the black and gold style matches and you have a full house of multi variety right anyways <laughs> Uh, AEW World Champion MJF showed up at Creative Pro Wrestling's homecoming event on Saturday, May 13th in New York. And a match was happened at well, <laughs> happened last minute between MJF and the Son of Sons, Leo Sparrow, Ooh, much to the light of the fans in the attendance. And MJF was playing a face in this uh, segment. Uh, Freeman was full of praise for the creative pro wrestling match after the show, after the match, telling the fans and intends that he wouldn't be where he is today. We have Brian Myers and Pat Buck, who run the promotion into the wrestling school. Other creative pro wrestling graduates include Matt Castor, Smart Mark Sterling, Bronson of the Iron Savages, and Chris Stylander. The fact that MJF can actually be genuinely honest with people and being a face, like, here's the thing. The idea of MJF as a face, that's kind of hard to imagine, I, I cer I'm certain for people, but like, the foundation is there. The, the, the foundation can be there for MJF to turn face down the road if he ever wanted to. I definitely think you can make it work. It, it's going to be taking some getting used to for people, but I feel like you can make it work. Speaking of talented people on microphones especially, Bray Wyatt is not listed on the internal roster for some reason. Michael Select had to come out and explain why that why that is. Michael explained that Bray is missing from WWE's internal list due to illness, the same illness that he has reportedly been dealing with for months, and that the superstar himself has been hopeful and wanting a return, but there's no update on his health and status. The report also confirms that Uncle Howdy, Bo Dallas, is still with WWE, but his career plans been a hold while, while Wyatt remains sidelined. Bray disappeared from the screens during the run-up to WrestleMania when he was in the midst of feud building with a uh, match with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley then didn't even show up and he didn't even get to appear on either night for WrestleMania to fight. Like he showed up in the back, he showed up to celebrate his Andre the Giant win, but um, 
uh, from SmackDown the night prior. But um, yeah, that didn't really work out because he was still reportedly pissed. Heck, he even like tweets that say that 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 the whole he's pissed off kind of thing. So. Yeah, speaking of people who should be rightfully pissed off over broken promises and whatnot and being screwed out of opportunities here, Seth Rollins was spotted on, on the set of Captain America New World Order. <gasps> the former Universal Champion has been spotted on the set of Captain America New World Order in Atlanta, Georgia, and speculated that Rollins will play a member of the Serpent Society, rumored to be the villain for the fourth movie. If they don't have him do his laugh, I will be disappointed already. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Seth Rollins is in Captain America: New World Order, so he's he's clearly going to be a member of the Serpent Society, which makes sense considering he is a snake at times. Uh, he's even set to miss Raw this coming mon this Monday, which I'm pretty certain is not going to piss anyone off, right? Right. Well, when it came out that Seth Rollins was on the set of Captain America, apparently a worked wrestling reported that Seth Rollins' segment for last night was pre-taped due to the filming with Marvel, and after it was spotted that he was set for that, uh, now it's been coming out that uh, WWE is now hesitant to make him world champion because Hollywood sucks. You know... This pissed me off a lot because it's like, look, I, I get from this perspective, but Seth, but you had to have known this in advance he was part of this, and you still booked him, so why are you now hesitant to now suddenly when it came out? Like, now, to be fair, to be fair, a report did later come out that WWE is now more confident than ever to put him, to give him the world title. But the fact that there's now an argument that could be made that, that Seth could lose at, rest, at, at Night of Champions and lose the Raw exclusive branded belt to the SmackDown AJ Styles when they haven't even figured out what to do with Rhea Ripley and, and Bianca Belair's current title reigns because they're still the champions of the opposite freaking brand. I'm trying to wonder what the hell is going on. And they still haven't come to a decision yet on that. So AJ Styles still has a chance. And he might be few and he'll and if he does, Carrie Cross is gonna fight him first. So um Yeah, um <laughs> So uh during SmackDown while the logo did not appear on SmackDown or in later YouTube clips, uh, Bad Bunny wore a hoodie emboldened with the old WWF Scratch logo used from 98 to 2002. And despite doing that, there has been no change in the wildlife fund stance of the use of their old logo. And Dave Meltzer, our best things ever, know that Bad Bunny got away with wearing the hoodie because basically nobody wanted to tell him not to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Denny was willing to risk a fucking colossal lawsuit potential with the Wildlife Fund. I'm like, right now they use NFT, so clearly that's not gonna happen. So clearly they're they're not really about the wildlife preservation. 
Um, they, 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 um, the, the, the scratch logo and whatnot, they risked a potential shitstorm because no one had the balls, no one had the cojones to tell Bad Buddy, yeah, could you not wear that with the logo or at least cover it up? I like, I'll give them credit that they were that brazen to do it, but still. So, let's get into the pissed off moment of Saudi Arabia. Because, my God, we had to talk about that freaking event. Uh, so, Roman Reigns and Sol Sokoa are going to challenge uh, Seth, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the industry of tag team titles. Okay. The very fact that we're now getting the possibility of Roman four belts pisses everyone off. And that this could end the thing and whatnot. And Sami Zayn is now accepting blood money. I have a I have a personal substantial problem with this, but this is just that's just my opinion. But here's the thing that came out. According to Dave Meltzer and even international politics news, um, the reason why Kevin and Sammy are now going, I'm like, Kevin decided if Sammy's going to go, he'll go too, even though that's a stupid idea. Um, apparently because Saudi Arabia has recently opened up relationships with Syria, again, recently, and, um... The Arab League voted to reinstate Syria's membership, and the Syrians are once again allowed to travel to Saudi Arabia. Um, here's the way I'm looking at it. You turn WWE has let Saudi Arabia turn turn Sami Zayn into their most from their most popular face and most organically composed wrestler of their company in years to a political branding points to for international politics. That's that's literally what you've just done. You've turned Sami Zayn into a bargaining political tool. And here's the thing. Like, I know, like, okay, some people have argued that Sami Zayn will be perfectly alright because they love him and whatnot, but, like, I still have my worry because, you know, even though the governments of Syria and Saudi Arabia are once again being all buddy-buddy a little bit more, it's still like over a decade of issues between the two companies since 2011 and the whole tension and propaganda doesn't just magically go away. If that was the case, then the world would be in a much better state. But uh, yeah, I, I have my concerns for Sammy, but we'll, but we'll have to hope for the best. So several WWE superstars according to Fightful Select have been given more flexibility in their promos recently. Such a, with the recent view between Karrion Cross and Shinsuke Nakamura. So, yeah, one of the most glaring differences between modern and early periods of the first injuries, the field of promo segments, and whatnot. Uh, over the years, fans have noticed the increased tightening of restrictions. This recent re potentially indicates a, a change in under the stewardship of Triple H, who currently oversees the creative day to day basis. Vince McMahon still being the head, having returned to that position following the Endeavor sale and large overseas. But, uh,. Yeah, they went ahead and, and and revealed that guys like Cody Rhodes and other people are given the flexibility to do their promos more. Yay. 
Also, according to Better Wrestling Experience, aka Boozer Wrestling, yeah, Darryl and Tommaso Ciampa are set to receive or slated to receive a major push following night, the upcoming United Champions event and in the build to Money in the Bank after they reform DIY. It is unknown when Ciampa will return, but the ride after the United Champions on May 29th is considered a logical date. The report comes after the way we united on last week's edition. Gargano told the, told the group that someone would be coming back soon and it would be great for the stable. Gargano did not directly state who it was, but Candice Lee disagreed with her husband, suggesting it was Tommaso Ciampa he was talking about, they were talking about. My God. Dede does have big plans for the faction, and Tommaso Ciampa coming back will no doubt cause issues. But DIY coming back would be pretty freaking awesome. Also, according to them, uh, Dede is also considering adding a new member to join the Force of Imperium. And they have the current wrestler, Dragonoff, being eyed to join Imperium later down the road. Now, um... <laughs> I have mixed opinions about that. He's currently part of the NXT roster, but is eventually rumored to make his way to the main event scene of main roster bill. I have a considerable worriness because um, this was this was also, and I must stress, this was an unverified claim at the time from the unverified sources that Dede was looking to strip Dragunov of the title of the NXT UK title. Oh, not not because uh, of if he was hurt or not at the time. No, no, no. he was still wrestling. No, no, no. They were good. They were there was the unverified claim saying that he was going to be stripped of the title because. The sins of Russia must fall onto the sins of its people, even though there are many who disagree with the war. The very fact that that was a possible conversation going on at the time, I, I like to say, we don't know what the hell they're thinking of. And also, did everyone, did Daddy just, and if this was true, did Daddy just casually forget how they exploited the whole Russia stuff with uh, Lana and Rusev? that duo before the horrible love storyline they did yeah but Dragonov joining uh imperium like i can't see it like they have a history so i could imagine that walter would want to have him i would only think this would happen if walter if Volta and whatnot were to have a needed help to take on the bloodline, but Walter, aka Gunther, said that he's not interested in rushing into a program with Roman, especially since Roman's still on the power of, of power of authority. Uh, so they're still on that. So also insider account uh, better wrestling experience that Duddy has almost confirmed several names for the pay-per-view event for the Money in the Bank ladder match coming up. Per but BWE, the names scheduled to compete for the briefcase are Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Bobby Lashley, and LA Knight. The account added other names that are being discussed for the bout, such as Cody Rhodes, Walta, Chad Gable, and Balor and Ed. Drew McIntyre was previously advertised the event, but no longer is. Now, I can see LA Knight be. I, I, I'm pretty sure this is accurate, most, more than likely, especially LA Knight, because he was also rumored a month, like, a month ago that he could also be the winner for the Money in the Bank contract, which will be freaking awesome to see what he does with it. Yeah! Yeah! But, uh. Yeah. And, um. 
Bad Wrestling Experience also decided to comment about it, comment about Night of Champions, about how a title might change hands at Night of Champions, and the former champion will then move on to a bigger path in his career, which title has not been revealed yet. Please. Now, this could be Austin Theory, but um, he won Money in the Bank and then lost the cash into a mid-card title because Triple H had a hatred for Austin Theory being a Vin McMahon guy, probably. That's just my guess, though. <laughs> That's just funny. But yeah, I don't know. So, WWE has very strong opinions for Solo Sokola and uh, Walta. According to Insider Account WrestleVos via Give Me Sport, noted that the company believes Boomta and Solo Sokoa, Volta and Solo Sokoa, are going to be the main event heels for the next decade. WWE feels like they have a bona fide main event heels for the next 10 years when roster are ready and they're going to treat them as such. I'm sure you can figure those two guys out, but the impression so far is that Volta and Solo Sokoa have made, have made our putting those two guys on the front of the line for the next 10 years. My god. Plus, the ring, the ring general is set to fight Mustafa Ali at Night of Champions, so let's hope he keeps that title. And he's also close to, and to, and he's only close to 100 days short of the Honky Tonk Man's record-setting reign. I'm a Honky Tonk Man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm dead. Mostly because Walter's gonna chop him in the chest, and he's gonna bleed, bleed. And Brian Danielson's gonna rip his shirt open and scream out. But I did recall hearing a few months ago that because of Ric Flair's stupidity of coming back and doing a match, or that was a complete disaster, uh, Honky Tonk Man wants to come back and do something. So, um, if WWE wants to, they could just have Walter come in and, you know, grab Honky Tonk Man's guitar and smash it over the head with it while he poses with the IC title just to justify that he's better than him now. So, also, um... CNBC have confirmed that the WWE and UFC merged company will be named the TKO Group Holdings and the organization will trade on the New York Stock Exchange as TKO. The name is a reference to Technical Knockout, the fighting term in boxing, martial art, mixed martial arts, and pro wrestling on very rare occasions. It was announced in the morning of May 3rd that WWE had been sold to Endeavor and yada yada yada. It emerged that this week that the 59-49 split was conditional on Vince McMahon, was conditional on Vince McMahon renaming WWE. Endeavor initially offered a 57-43 split to merge and UFC. The merger is scheduled to be completed in the second half of 2023. When the merger goes through, WWE will largely remain autonomous, with Endeavor knowing, noting back that they plan to run the UFC playbook with WWE. TKO. So watch those WWE shareholder accounts on Twitter. Go ahead and change their name to TKO. I'm already expecting it. Meanwhile, uh, there was a... There was a report coming out about the ending of back uh, ending of dark and dark elevation um the decision reportedly reported by pw inside stated that the canceling of these shows have made aw tv tapings easier to work with and yeah the, apparently the positive reception was like yeah let's do it yeah yeah it was a good idea plus we have rampage to tip the boy a little bit more so uh yeah, uh, that's what the thing is. Also, Nick Khan on Wednesday, May 17th, uh, had a all-hands-on-deck meeting 
in the afternoon of May 17th with Nick Khan leading it. The meeting was another one of the company's rah-rah sessions to Bruce Morales, tell everyone how great things are in the company, as well as a chance for management to express their appreciation for everyone's hard work. There had been no mention of possible impending cuts and no big announcements made. Cuts are expected to take place after the merger happens. But Nick Khan previously revealed that cuts would be aggressive. The cuts aren't expected to affect the talent roster or any part of the company's TV product, just the uh, office kind of cuts. So while that has happened, uh, I also am also that guy that likes, we gotta watch Nick Khan and see what he says, but uh, yeah. Also, uh, remember how I mentioned Roman Reigns is set to work less dates this year, apparently, according to a report? Well, Work Wrestling also had a reveal that a pitch has been made to discuss Money in the Bank, where Roman would no doubt win Money in the Bank contract, right? Okay, well, that's a, okay, okay, let, let, let's be real. That, that's a stupid idea just from the perspective alone, but would you really be surprised if he thought that? No, you wouldn't have. So, no, WWE is not doing that dumb idea, though don't be surprised if they think about it. Uh, apparently the plan for Royal Reigns and Soul Sakura currently pitched to them is to fight the Usos and push Roman Reigns' title reign as undisputed universal champion of the world, of the cosmos, in God mode, uh, another month. So that will be a total of three freaking pay-per-views where Roman is not defending his legendary 1,000-plus-day reign. And they're going to set the bloodline to implode at Money in the Bank. I know Money in the Bank is considered one of the big five now, but, like, this is the third, this would be the third pay-per-view at three months in a row where Roman did not defend the, the title. But, uh, yeah, that had happened, much to everyone's anger, but, uh, yeah, that had happened, and I was annoyed with that. So let's talk about CM Punk and AEW, right? After all that, we get to our cream de la crop. So, before we get to the collision stuff that happened... It's revealed that the Elite did talk about CM Punk on AEW All Access, according to, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer. But, um, apparently these interviews were edited out from the final product during the after all this. Saying they did interviews, they talked about it, they never mentioned Jim Punk's name because they weren't allowed to mention his name. But they did interviews to beat around the bush of the story, but uh, even that was edited out because of fear of legal reprisal. The biggest issue isn't necessarily Tony and his... Is it most of the guys? It is the legal threats, and because of what those are, Pony is playing it very careful to the point that no one's mentioning it. On the reality show, CM Punk's name was never mentioned once. I knew they would never talk about the thing, but they didn't even allude to anything close to it. So, yeah, just the ongoing legal issues. Uh, there, the, the, the last word we heard, they're still banned from talking to each other due to those legal issues. At least one person involved in the brawl is willing to apologize to CM Punk is willing to do the same as unknown, though there has been saying that he's willing to work with them, so an apology could be up on that on that table. We just need Tony Khan and everyone else to go ahead and be like, okay, we gotta have this big meeting, we gotta do what those guys at Wrestling Park did. Because damn it, I can't take this stuff anymore, damn it! Andrew Zarian also sewed it on the We're Live Pal podcast, revealing that, um... As far as I know, Punk's return will be announced most likely tomorrow, Wednesday, May 17th. If not tomorrow, then very soon within the coming days. That did not happen. Because, um... Even though they mentioned that, uh... 
Warner Bros. Discovery even emailed a press release to the media outlets that mentioned CM Punk as a headliner to Collision. The link took outlets to the actual press release that didn't mention Punk and had four aforementioned talents. And comic book corner Cass Casey reached out and saying, and Warner Bros. Discovery decided to say that that CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's Collision, fueling speculation about Punk's future. And an update with Rifle Select, there are still plans for Punk. Uh, and there were active content plans for Punk as of this week. Punk was included in the press release announcing the launch of Collision until earlier today when he was removed. So there's a possibility they were working the fans just to get more hype on that. But um, something happened because Punk really, really, really doesn't want to uh, work it out. Well, m less working out, more like um, he's a friend, like he doesn't want to get run over again, basically, in wrestling, but I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, CM Punk is now at odds with AEW, allegedly, again, over the potential A Steel return. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. PW Insider has since reported that Punk and AEW are at odds with each other over the potential return of A Steel. The former producer was expected to make his recovery to the brochure with CM Punk in June, but the word backstage at Dynamite's taping is that it was decided that Steel would not be working backstage at tapings of Collision. But, uh,. After that, uh, CM Punk decided to go on on Instagram and rant and fucking lose it. CM Punk has called out Brian Alvarez, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and reports about his AEW status. Uh, saying this, look everyone, Brian Alvarez doesn't like it when misinformed internet trolls make up rumors about him, so please stop making rumors and stories for clicks while Brian makes up rumors and stories for clicks, okay? He's married for God's sake, but by God, the man has a family. Brian Alvarez, shut the hell up, shut the F up, and stop talking about me, challenge day one. The 44-year-old then posted a screenshot of what appeared to be an email from Brian Alvarez to an unknown recipient in which Alvarez stated that he does not and has never had an issue with Punk. David Bixpin has stated the email in question is actually from 2009 and 10. Punk then added, friendly reminder, I haven't been on TV in nine months and y'all still can't just stop talking to me. Maybe stop, you'll feel better. Love, hey, it's all the same. I don't enjoy being the sole person that props up every, an entire misinformed clickbait industry based on toxic gossip from lying sources. But what can you do? When you're the king, it comes with the crown. This latest rant from Punk was reported was posted after reports stated that he was once again at odds with AEW, this time with a potential return of a steal. However, WBD is hoping, hopeful for a reconciliation between the two promotions, according to Dave Meltzer, so really take this with salt. And then further details came out about the issue that uh, Fightful Select revealing that a match graphic for Samoa Joe and CM Punk were created and that they were going to announce the second coming in the United Center. In the latest update, Fightful Select has reported Chris Jericho brought up the possibility of Ace Steel returning to the meet during his meeting with Punk with the idea that everyone working together might, be, might elevate the backstage tension within the promotion. So the meeting took place earlier that week during which it was made clear that Punk that Steel could return and work directly with a two-time champion, but the former producer would not be allowed to attend AEW taping. Punk allegedly did not agree with that. Despite the breakdown in relations, one of our discoveries are reportedly hopeful that the, they can work out the issues. But 
And another update from House of Wrestling uh, has reported that Ace Steel was in fact rehired by AEW months ago and is working with Tony Khan Creative, but it was made clear that his presence on TV tapings would upset some of the talent. I can't imagine why. It could be because he bit someone's arm, threw a steel chair at another guy's head who's an EVP during a fight. And then pun, and then like you know, bit Kenny, Kenny Omega's arm because he rescued a dog. I'm a hero, everybody. So he had been working for several months. Steel has been working remotely for the past few months as a result, but then there was reportedly an understanding that Steel would return as well as the backstage agent once Collision debuted. On Tuesday, May 16th, though, AEW decided that he would not be returned to the role, and Punk found out there was some miscommunication between lawyers. And Punk was pulled from the, and subsequently Punk was pulled from the collision announcement. It was indicated on May 18th that Warner Bros. Discovery is hopeful for the reconciliation, and the situation looks to be moving in that direction. How's the resident say that it appears Punk is moving and wants to help AEW grow in any way he can? The four-year-old's relationship with Tony Khan is also believed to be in sound including communication line blending open between the two. So yeah. This has been a massive clusterfuck. Like Oh my god! Can we. Okay. I don't care what Tony Khan has to do at this point. I don't care. I don't care if you have to have to get the lawyers. I don't care if you have to start strangling people at this point. But I demand. I am demanding we end this crap. I'm not even asking the elite and punk to be buddy buddies for forever and ever. You can work. Just work one. God damn match! Say sorry and say sorry to every single fucking person affected by this whole stuff. And, and, and I don't care if Tony Khan has to have hire a bunch of ninjas or the FBI or the CIA to kidnap all of them in their sleep and then bring them into this meeting saying, we're working this out right now. I am Tony Khan, damn it, and I run this company, not all of you. So as you can tell, I'm oily pissed off at this point. And, and then Eric Bischoff comes out and says, uh, Hulk Hogan did this horrible stuff, but Punk is worse. And I was like, oh, you fucking kidding me, Bischoff. You're really? Okay. I wrote this on Twitter when, this, when, when Bischoff said that on his podcast, because damn it, I don't know what the hell was going through his head when he thought that was a great idea. But this is what I said. Hogan, racist, apathetic towards hurricane victims, destroyed a company, crippled another, was given creative control, refused to put over people unless someone higher than him made him. An ego so big that someone could jump off of it and, cr and, and crash straight into their consciousness. Punk has a prideful ego. Ego did business even when he didn't agree. Is willing to do business with people he don't like. Willing to say sorry, that's what was reported had a life that no doubt caused his combative mindset and can't be injured to people when pushed. Bischoff, Punk is clearly worse. And I'm just that guy that's face pulling myself wondering what the hell is wrong with everybody. So as you can see, I'm really fucking done. But um... Let's fucking finish this. AEW Fight Forever. The game known as AEW Wait Forever. AEW, oh my god, why is it taking so goddamn long? AEW Fight, oh my god, will GCW stop do, doing uh, some distraction? 
no, 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 no. AEW Fight Forever. Finally, as of today, Monday, May 22nd, around 9 a.m., finally announced that that game will be released on Thursday, June 29th. Let's fucking go! When I first, Kenny Omega came out, the creative director said, when I first signed AW, Tony Khan gave me the opportunity to assemble the best gaming team that understands and respects professional wrestling to make the best wrestling games ever. Thanks to our incredible collaboration with Geta, Ukes, and THQ Nordic, a new era of professional wrestling gaming is quickly approaching. AEW Fight Forever has exceeded my highest expectations, and I'm confident that June 29th will be a momentous day for wrestling fans and gamers alike. When the press release that came out, I also got it. AEW, with the announcing the launch of Fight Forever, they touted the retro approach to design, including handcrafted animations and nostalgic arcade feel. The game will feature a career mode, multiplayer, and multiple customizations modes. Match types also include singles match, tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder matches, casino battle royale, false county wear, unsanctioned lights out match, exploding bar wire death matches, because we need to go crazy, oh, and Molotov cocktails, because Kenny Omega had to somehow set fire to that. Damn. So yeah. Finally, after all this time, we're finally getting the game. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I want to do it. I want to play this game. I want to do some ATW game that I have hopefully down the road with my buddies from ATW. Let's hope that works out. But, uh, yeah. Finally, we... <laughs> God damn, it's finally happening. I was hyped when I heard this. And, and here's the thing. I was watching some of the clips of the trailer that came out. And I noticed something, I noticed something. When Kenny Omega was doing his Terminator taunt and die, and when he crashed into his opponent in the in the video game footage, the barricade security rail actually moved up, like it, like it, like it broke apart when Kenny Omega collided. And I thought, okay, that's a freaking awesome detail. Wait, why doesn't Dr. A do that actually in their games? Like, I know they use bar strong barricades, but like, it, it, they have the they have the option to to make the map to make the arena custom arenas you can make with security guardrail. I would love it if they actually allowed us to mess with the guardrail and use it as a weapon. Oh, those were the days. Heck, we even finished a fight in the crowd back in like what? Smack WWE Smack WWF SmackDown. Just bring it. Remember those days? And here comes the pain where we could fight in the crowd and grab weapons from the fan and from the crowd of fans that somehow brought a kendo stick. I'm still questioning the validity of that, but still. They don't do that like they used to, damn it. But yeah. We finally get it, everybody. We made it. We made it through this week in this episode. Uh, I'm hoping for the best of AW Collision, CM Punk, and the tribalism nonsense needs to stop. God damn it! I'm excited for Fight Forever. Can Roman Reigns drop the towels now after a thousand days, and we can move forward with our lives in wrestling fandom? And can tribalists please shut the fuck up when they go crazy? And I'm talking about both WWE and AEW tribalism and other tribalist companies. Uh, God. So yeah, uh, I, I was really annoyed with some stuff that came out this week. I, I've reached my breaking point a little bit. Not as bad as Brawlout Week when some when Clash of the Castle and Brawlout happened, and then all the insanity that came out from that. 
but it's pretty high up there. So anyways, this was your host of NRE WrestleVerse Podcast, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The WrestleVerse, Neo Reality Collective, Pop Culture News and Reviews Talk. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, check out my other content, and see you soon for more. I'll see you all again next time. And I just want to give you a quick announcement for the YouTube side of things that finally my podcast this podcast is now on multiple platforms now after some issues with initial hosting services i was using i had to move to another service to get this working but it's finally out and it's ready to go let's fucking go peace out take care and have a good day